Welcome back to another Crypto Daily 3 at 3. What's going on, guys? It has been a minute. Uh, behind the scenes, I'm working on some interesting stuff. I'm not quite ready to announce it, but uh, it should be um, very exciting for those of you who uh, enjoy this content. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, back to the regularly scheduled podcast and video content. Um, so we're going to dive right in. Today, we're going to be talking about multi-collateral DAI. Uh, second, we're going to be talking about privacy coins and the potential vulnerability therein. And third, we're going to be talking about some uh, financing in the space. So let's start with multi-collateral DAI. Obviously, we've talked about this before on uh, Long Read Sunday. We've talked about it on 3 at 3. Um, MakerDAO and DAI are the most significant project in the DeFi space. It's hard to argue uh, any differently. And one of the things that they've been working on for a while is moving from a single uh, asset or single collateral DAI, where Ethereum is the only collateral that's used in the system, to a multi-collateral DAI, where multiple different assets can be used to collateralize uh, the DAI system. And so the idea is that if multi-collateral DAI goes live and it works, uh, it means more resilience for the system, right? You're not subject to the price shock or demand shock or whatever around any one particular asset like Ethereum. Uh, now, on the other hand, it potentially introduced a lot more complexity as well. And some folks have been worried that uh, it's too early to introduce that additional layer of complexity. And what's more, uh, relative to the other crypto assets that uh, might be included in a multi-collateral DAI package, Ethereum is likely to be more stable anyway. So uh, does this actually decrease stability? Now, the long-term vision is that many, many things could be used as collateral within the DAI ecosystem. It doesn't even just have to be digital assets or crypto assets. It could be, uh, you know, tokenized real estate or something else, right? So that's the, there's a long-term vision here, and this is the first step, and it is here, right? So you see Rune Christensen, uh, the founder of Maker, uh, says, after waiting for almost five years, it is surreal that the full vision of DAI we dreamed up so many years ago has now been realized and is functioning right. Uh, MakerDAO says, Maker multi-collateral DAI is live. This is yesterday morning at 11. Read everything you need to know here. Um, so a few different changes that are noticing on. So the, the, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. I won't necessarily get into everything because obviously on three at three, we're a little bit more focused on the implications of the system rather than all the technical specifics. But uh, a couple things that are important or the, the main things that are important are one, BAT Braves digital asset token or digital advertising token rather is now available as uh, collateral, right? So now uh, BAT has ad, uh, has been added to ETH as available collateral options within Maker. Um, second, they've introduced a new DAI savings rate. So users can uh, earn returns on their DAI holdings natively right from within the protocol, which is pretty interesting. Um, there's a whole lot more. There's a ton around uh, uh, new terminology. There's a ton around um, kind of transitioning your old single asset DAI, which is or single collateral DAI, which is called SI to multi-collateral DAI, which is now just what DAI refers to. Uh, collateralized debt positions, CDPs are now called vaults, um, and so on and so forth. So <clears throat> obviously a ton of new stuff going on. Um, but the main thing is, the really big things for just the passive observer outside is this is the first step uh, to uh, using lots and lots of different things uh, for uh, collateral, which theoretically can introduce or uh, increase the stability of the system in the long term and make this a real 
serious player uh, and uh, an asset in, in the world more broadly. So um, what happened since then? Well, we have Mariano Conti, uh, who works at MakerDAO, um, based in Argentina, says just over 12 hours in, some numbers for MakerDAO. Uh, 2.4 million die, 88% ETH, 11% fat, 1% SI, the single asset uh, die, single collateral die. 689 vaults, i.e. Uh, CDPs, opened. 470,000 die in DSR, that's the digital savings rate. Uh, 534 died generated in stability fees, six liquidations already. Um, he also, Mariano also put together this uh, this cool site, DieSat. So you can actually go and see at any given moment uh, what the latest is. So I think if you refresh it, it'll be up to date. Yeah, one sec, fetching data from Ethereum mainnet. So um, super cool stuff uh, from, from the MakerDAO team. Uh, and also I wanted to point out that the community around this is doing some really great content as well. So you have Chris Black here who put together a, uh, I don't want that on, um, put together a video on how to actually do this upgrade, right? Uh, so it seems complicated to migrate your side to your die. Uh, this video should help. Um, to me, I think that shows the strength of the community. Now, like I said, uh, the, the implications of this are big, right? And so, of course, you know, as the most prominent asset in DeFi, as the most uh, kind of focused on uh, experiment in DeFi, uh, there's going to be critiques, right? There's going to be reasons to, that some people are nervous. Um, the biggest one that I've seen a lot of is this question of decentralization. So uh, yesterday you had um, uh, Lee from Coindesk uh, wrote a piece basically saying that uh, questioning the, the the decentralization of decentralized finance, right? And what she pointed to was just the the kind of size and scope of the holdings uh, of some prominent funds, right? So you can see here, despite the rapid growth of the sector and the diversification of assets involved, DeFi is still influenced by a handful of central players, namely Polychain Capital, A16Z, One Confirmation, and Unknown Maker Whales. Um, this gets into this question of governance and the difficulty of governance, right? So uh, if you look over here, um, Andreessen Horowitz uh, wrote about their vote to uh, bring uh, multi-collateral DAI online. And if you remember a couple years ago, Andreessen Horowitz uh, bought basically 5% of the available uh, maker at the time. So um, <clears throat> the the I think that there are, uh, we do need to have questions in, in every crypto asset community about wealth concentration and uh, concentration of holdings, but particularly in the context of uh, these systems that are trying to introduce new types of governance where that power or the, the those holdings literally translate to power. Um, I don't think that that's a reason to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I do think that that's a, it's a worthy thing to note. Um, so again, uh, you know, uh, Daya is going to always have a target on its back, and it should. It, sh it is the most advanced DeFi asset. It is the most robust network. Um, so it has to answer the most, you know, the biggest and hairiest and thorniest questions. But uh, still, in nothing else, it is super interesting to see live. Um, a ton of work went into it, and uh, we are on to phase, I don't know if it's two, but at least 1.5 of both the MakerDAO and the DeFi experiment. Um, with that, let's move on to number two. So Lawson here says, Monday was a rough day for privacy coins. I'm gonna focus on this first part. Reports stating Grin transactions are linkable by running archive known. This is a known issue, but and 
definitely not promoted or known by the broader public. So what he's referring to is this uh, this thread from Ivan Bogaty, uh, who's at Dragonfly Capital with uh, Hoseeb Qureshi, uh, and they were previously at Metastable Capital. So these are um, you know more technical uh, VCs, right, uh, among the set. And he says, I just published a new attack that breaks Mimblewimble's privacy model. The attack traces 96% of all sender and recipient addresses in real time. Here's a summary uh, and what it means for the future of privacy coins. Um, there's a bunch of technicals in here. He actually does a really great job of breaking down the anonymity models uh, that, and the differences between Zcash, uh, Monero, and Mimblewimble. Uh, Mimblewimble being the protocol underneath uh, both Grin and Beam, with Grin certainly being the, the better known of the two. Um, and effectively uh, articulates an attack which uh, goes after the transactions before they get joined to be anonymized. Um, and uh, and it's, so this caused a huge stir. Uh, you know, you can see here 2.3 thousand likes, 900 retweets. Um, and this came out just yesterday morning. Of course, uh, a lot of the folks who are involved in these projects uh, were not as thrilled. So Yeast Plume, who's one of the developers at Grin, uh, and, and a number of the other developers wrote a response. Um, and they effectively argue that uh, the article to them reads like it's uh, out to get clicks um, and that there's fundamental misunderstandings. Um, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, I think that you should go read it and make your own judgments. Um, I think what's definitely clear is that it's brought up a debate about to what extent this is, uh, is kind of a, a clickbait thing uh, or is an actual kind of sincere look at a, at a really difficult challenge. So Yeastplume says, sorry to have been so blunt, but the recent uh, uh, article describing an attack on Mimblewimble's transaction graph is misleading at best, grossly exaggerated, clickbait at worst. Um, and uh, Udi says, I know where you're coming from, but I think there's another angle to this. The fact is, while people deeply familiar with Mimblewimble were obviously aware and very open about this fundamental issue, many in the community still weren't aware. This reflects uh, a tweet that he had sent earlier uh, that he says, sure, people know Mimblewimble intimately, knew about it and mentioned it a lot, but still no one executed it to empirically show how effective it is. This being it being the attack in this case, means, uh, which means most people still didn't know about it. Um, and Yeast Plume responds, he says, we very much want the community to be aware of all potential issues and imperfections on Grin's privacy. However, this article claims that Grin's Mimblewimble privacy model is somehow broken via logical leaps that simply don't follow from the research. Um, Beam did for their part as well. So Beam is kind of like a, uh, it's a more Zcash version of uh, deployment of Mimblewimble. They have a native token, uh, whereas Grin doesn't, <clears throat> or excuse me, um, uh, they they basically they have a, a different sort of uh, founders reward. That's what I was saying. Um, <clears throat> I have not done this in too long. Uh, anyways, so basically the uh, beam responded as well with a um, uh, effectively saying that their decoy outputs uh, and their just their technical system makes it more difficult uh, for this attack to work. But again, I think that for me, the, let's go back to why this is interesting. Um, there are uh, obviously technical specifics here. Um, there's going to be continue to be debates around uh, whether they're privacy or not. But I think that privacy coins kind of have a different uh, burden on them. And what I mean by that is that the demand for privacy coins or the need for privacy coins is very, very distinct, right? Like you can, uh, we can have sincere debates, I guess, about whether uh, it's good or not that Bitcoin is anonymous or and uh, how, how traceable transactions are. Um, that's 
something that's going on. We've talked about it here uh, in the context of, you know, debates with Joe Weisenthal and Nick Carter and a few others um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but with privacy coins, they're explicitly designed to shield people's transactions, to allow people to transact uh, in ways that um, are not traceable and trackable in the same way that other types of financial transactions are. And because of that, the, the technical burden on them and the, and the challenges, they have to be uh, kind of uh, above and beyond these sorts of questions, right? Um, it's really, really, I mean, it's essential. It is the fundamental foundation upon which these uh, protocols are based. So um, I think that the the debate is uh, is important to have, and I don't think it's sufficient to kind of just, uh, I worry a little bit about writing off um, these critiques as just kind of clickbait uh, headlines. Now, of course, if you're invested in a protocol, it's your right to defend it as, as vociferously as you want. Uh, and I don't think that we should also be in the business of FUD, but I do think that uh, w the the raison d'etre for privacy co coins requires an extremely high burden of proof. Um, and so, you know, I think like things like this, although they are unfun for uh, core developers, they are um, important for the rest of the community to decide uh, what what they are and aren't going to think about these types of coins. So uh, anyways, I think it's a really interesting and important conversation because I think privacy coins or just uh, the the, privy, the privacy um, features of, ex uh, of other coins like Bitcoin is an incredibly important area, particularly given the world that we live in today. Uh, but with that, let's move on. And finally, wrap up with number three, which is some uh, fundraising activity and crypto M&A. So uh, I saw this tweet this morning from Bully Esquire. He says, 25-year-olds out here getting their 12-month-old crypto kibdi startup called Nifty Gateway bought out by Gemini, and you're spending your days chasing shitcoin pumps and fighting on Twitter. So the story here is that uh, Gemini made their first acquisition. They bought Nifty Gateway uh, from, ironically, the Winklevoss twins bought another set of twin startups. And Nifty Gateway is effectively a, uh, a way for people to buy uh, NFTs uh, with traditional payment methods like credit cards. So the goal here is it's an infrastructure play to try to make the acquisition of NFTs um, or you know digital collectibles much easier. Um, I think that the, the thing that's interesting for me is, uh, one, I guess it's, it's validation that people are interested in the NFT space. Digital collectibles continues to be a thing. Um, now, of course, uh, the, the Winkle of I are pretty comprehensive in their coverage of uh, the potentials of this space. So to some extent, I think that, uh, you know, giving, it makes sense for them to have assets um, in, in, in this domain. Uh, but I do think too, that one of the things that I've been watching for a while is that it feels like, uh, it feels like M&A is, is a natural next step for a lot of crypto uh, platforms, um, just as, you know, it's the natural process and evolution is that when an industry starts, tons and tons of companies uh, kind of get going. Many of them don't work entirely. Some of them work a little, but don't go all the way or just need a different home to, to thrive. And we actually haven't seen a huge amount of M&A activity. Uh, so it's interesting to see this um, maybe maybe signaling that there's uh, some movement that could happen. Um, now, it's one M&A, and it's certainly not enough to call a trend, but uh, it was something that uh, CoinShares flagged in their report as well, uh, an expectation that perhaps there might be more M&A, especially as we start to see clarity around business models. Um, so either way, uh, exciting for uh, for the, the the folks behind the Nifty Gateway uh, and something to watch. And then finally, um, just a fundraising news: uh, Bison Trails, which is basically infrastructure to allow uh, folks to run uh, <clears throat> to allow uh, infrastructure for multiple blockchains at once, um, raised twenty five million uh, from kind of the you know 
key uh, key crypto investors. You've got uh, Blockchain Capital, Coinbase, Kleiner Perkins, um, and Accomplice. And uh, and yeah, so I think that the the key thing here, why it's interesting, is just has to do with uh, the state of the industry as well. One of the indicators that you can look at is uh, to what extent there's actual capital activity going on in a market. Uh, if it's completely dead, that means that people aren't interesting. Twenty five million um, certainly suggests that uh, some folks who are invested in the space think that it's worth continuing to double down on. Um, so, anyways, guys, that is it for today. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Let me know what you think about uh, about Grin and uh and this this mimblewimble privacy issue um you know I, I think it's been grin the story of grin is really fascinating right they they kicked off the year with this much fanfared uh you know kind of virgin uh virgin launch where there were no pre-mines and no founders rewards or anything like that and um, a lot of the debates that we've had throughout the year in terms of developer funding and all sorts of things have come back to them so anyways interesting stuff guys uh, appreciate you listening if you're listening appreciate you watching if you're watching and i will be back tomorrow with another crypto daily three at three peace guys